here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Welcome back once again, everybody, to the Dharmic Evolution. Hey, we're heading north today to Syracuse, New York, and we're going to hang out with this band that blurs the lines between rock, funk, country, and blues with a healthy dose of jam band influences. Oh, that's so refreshing to my ears. Thoughtful lyrics blend seamlessly with solid roots, rock riffs, pop sensibilities, and catchy hooks. Out of Syracuse, New York, the band has shared the stage with these great artists like Zach Brown Band, John Fishman of Fish, Government Mule, Cheap Trick, Greg Allman, and many, many others. The debut album they put out is something that we're going to cover today with Chris Eaves and the New Normal. So you better strap up your seatbelts and find your way, because we're taking a ride on the Dharmic Evolution. Are you a singer-songwriter, author, speaker, or thought leader? Have you been looking for a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency has exactly what you are looking for. Find out how we write and produce big, amazing songs on Music Row for authors, speakers, thought leaders, and organizations like nonprofit and corporations. We also help singer-songwriters and artists by giving them a platform on Dharmic Evolution, a podcast designed specifically to broadcast your global career, now in 71 countries and with more than 161 episodes of artists all over the world from all genres. We know how to reach your target audience. Are you a dreamer like James? Then reach out today to james at thejamesoconnoragency.com and find out how we can help your global career. Chris, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you know, uh, I just checked out your uh, very funny video on Facebook of you guys were on, looks like some river cruise or on some boat. And then oh. you, the, the, <laughs> I the, guess so. The falling down guitar solo. Do you, oh, yeah. Okay. That was cool. That was cool. <laughs> Because it was like, I think you posted it like, you know, in humor saying, you know, it looked like you lost your balance, but it's the phrasing sounded perfect. So you just picked oh. up right where. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. You know, I, I, I almost fall all the time, especially when I take a guitar solo or something. Yeah. <laughs> I just always lose my balance and I usually catch myself, I, but I trip maybe three times a show. Yeah. That was, that's the first time that I actually fell. Uh, I, luckily, my amp was right behind me. So I just took a seat on the amp. And just, yeah. <laughs> that was and very funny in the video it looks like it happened really fast but it really felt like slow motion to me like i remember looking at the drummer and being like okay i'm gonna go down i'm gonna go down <laughs> yeah yeah no it was yeah. it was great it was great where were you guys gigging that that, that was uh that's in our hometown that's in syracuse at a place called al's oh al's okay whiskey okay so i i like the fact that um like who you guys attach yourselves to as far as the style of your music and you know like um fish government mule cheap trick greg Ullman. i mean you guys um kind of live in that world with your sound you know which is just fabulous I, I love what you're doing and it seems like there's not enough 
jam bands around anymore for my taste so it's very refreshing to hear guitar right. solos and jamming it out on good songs thank you that's yeah, yeah kind of what i wanted to combine i mean i think like even though like most people when i was growing up were listening to like more electronic music or something that was you know prefabricated i still was drawn to like the older music with like real instruments like hammond organ and real guitars and things like that. And, but I still liked all the songs that were coming out at the time. So I really wanted to mix real instruments and real improvisation with good songs. Right. And you're doing just that. Oh, thanks. How did you guys get, um, get together? Like with your band, are you guys all kind of like, uh, you know, hometown grew up together? Or is it, is it like that? Or how did, how did you guys come to be, um, the new normal? Which well, is cool um, name. <laughs> We didn't grow up together. Actually, our, our drummer and bassist did grow up together, and they were in another band for a long time from high school. But um, I'm from a little bit south of uh, Syracuse, and uh, I kind of floated around. I played in a bunch of bands, and uh, I played professionally in, in L.A. for a long time and uh, did some touring out there and stuff. And when I came, I'm from here, so I came back here and uh, played in a few bands, and we kind of crossed paths a few times. And uh it just kind of fell in. We, I enjoyed playing with them the most when like when we would show up at gigs together and stuff. And so I was like, well, I'm doing my own stuff and writing a bunch of stuff. So do you guys want to be the band? And so it all worked out pretty good. Yeah, I just love what you guys are doing, the instrumentation, the sound you've got together. So let us not delay another moment. Let's let everybody hear what the uh, Chris Eves and the new normal sound like. Here's green and blue. Check it out. There were only shadows Till she came and brought her light And colored in a world That once was black and white With eyes on Slide 
Yeah, green and blue, and that sounded like a Les Paul to me. Great tone. That was a Les Paul, yeah. yeah awesome, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, really good sound. And uh, I like what you do with your arrangements. They're very interesting. They're very full of surprises. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, you got a good mix of all kinds of things going on there. Hey, a cat crossed our path. Yeah, you see my cat first. Very cool. <laughs> That's the first time for the Dharmic Evolution. A cat crossed our path. I, I can't wait. This is awesome. She doesn't listen to rules. <laughs> a rule right. breaker. That's every songwriter should be a rule breaker. I believe in that. You know, they tell you never open with a chorus. I do it all the time. You know, the hell with the rules. <laughs> So uh, tell us about Green and Blue Wave. Like, where did the, the concept of the song come from, and how did you get inspired to write it? Oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, actually, well, so Green and Blue was a reference to actually. I got married about uh, six months ago. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And by the yeah. way, it's not Green and Blue Wave. It's it's a wave file. So I, I was it's reading it. Yeah. <laughs> so. so it's just Green and Blue. Yeah. And it, it's uh, it's about my wife's eyes. Oh, but, sweet. Yeah, so uh, first time I saw her, I was actually playing a show. It was a David Bowie tribute because uh, he had just passed. And so we we're doing a tribute to him and I was playing and she was in the audience. She's a big David Bowie fan. And that's the first thing I noticed about her was her eyes. And so, because uh, she's just got beautiful eyes. And uh, so I wrote that song about her just, uh, um, you know, noticing her eyes for the first time. And uh, her name's Jessica. So if you hear at the end of it, there's an Almond Brothers reference. Oh, uh, like, gotcha. So I played the end of Jessica at the end of that guitar solo at the end. And that's for her because, you know, her name's Jessica. Clever, man. Love it. Love it. That's that's awesome. Hey, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, how you put your sound together, you guys. Um, you know, as far as from conceptually writing the songs, mm -hmm. pre-production, just jamming, like how does it how does it come together for you best with yeah. um with the new normal how do you guys work well i start here where i'm talking to you from right now I, in my home studio and i've got a little modest setup and i'll just demo every instrument so i'll play the drums and the bass and the guitar and sing the demo and everything put that on dropbox i send it to everyone to take a listen and see if they have any other ideas for it or whatever and then um, we'll get all together in a room and uh just play it down, see how it works. And if someone says, you know, that bridge isn't really working or, you know, that chorus, it sounds like two different songs or something like that. I'll go home and I'll rework it, do the whole process again until we all like what we're doing. And, you know, and we just kind of go back and, and forth and just trade ideas. Maybe this drum beat wasn't working. So try something different, or maybe we're going to go to halftime on this. And we just all kind of collaborate on the demo that I've sent out to everybody until we all feel like it's really, you know, gelling. And then, um, hopefully at that point we'll play it live a bunch of times before we'll record it. Right. I love the, uh, the name, the new normal. That is so cool. <laughs> how'd you, how'd you come up with that? Was it? <laughs> well, I, you know, I wrote a song called new normal a long time ago and that's kind of where it came from. Just when I wrote that, I, you know, I was, uh, I was single at the time, but I was looking for somebody cause that would make me as I feel like I'm a weirdo. Like I just, you know, I like sci-fi stuff and I like, things that are, you know, not normal. And so I was looking for somebody that when I met them and we hung out, everything that I thought was weird about me would all of a sudden feel normal. Right. Because they, they thought it was normal or they made me feel more like I was a normal person. So that was where that song came from. And then I just like that idea of like, you know, we just 
everyone has this idea of what normal is, but that can change, you know, depending on who you're with and why is, why is there a rule that this is normal and this isn't normal. And that's so easily changed. And I think that like, especially these days, I, I hear that term a lot in the last couple of years, like this is our new normal. Yeah. And I think that's in a negative way, you know, like, oh no, could it get any worse? This is our new normal. But I think it could be a positive thing, you know, like we have the power and the intention to change whatever we want. And if we don't like what we have, we could, and that seems normal to us, we could always make something better and call that our, our new normal. Yeah. So you create your, your own individual normal, which is, which exactly. is uniquely normal for you, which, which works, right. you know? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. just trying to feel like who you are, even if you're outside the box of what normal is that you can make your own normal somewhere else. Yeah, well, this next song, there's nothing normal about this. This is Walking on a Wire. Here we go. the ground you just try not to look down 
wire great song great song i love that stop drop and roll that <laughs> it's really really awesome um, hey let me ask you about your um vocal influences chris like where did where did your voice come from like who were you listening to that um, uh in, influenced and inspired you you know i that's that's a hard question because uh i don't think i sound like anybody that i grew up listening to i might try to but um it always comes out as me anyways but um i grew up listening to like u2 and foo fighters and uh sting and things like that and i'm probably trying to sound like them but it just comes out like me you know right but um right. but i always listen to really great singers and um i just try to pick up whatever i can from whoever i listen to and i've played with a lot of great singers um so uh, and recently, like listening to people like Zach Brown Band and people like, um, you know, uh, Ed Sheeran and things like that, just trying to pick up different little things that uh, I can change or do a little bit differently. But always just I'm, I'm just always working on it. I practice it every day. Just try to make it more fluid. Um, it's hard because I was coming from like a jam band world and that's not always they're, they're not always known for singing, you know. Yeah. So I'm trying to raise that level and and try to sing more like a like a like a pop artist or something like that in a jam band world. I think. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you know, you had talk about Zach Brown band. You guys had played with them, and you yeah. have a video out of you performing on stage with this yeah. Zach Brown band, which was really awesome. I checked that out the other night. So okay. tell us about that experience. I, I, I incidentally love Zach Brown. Uh, I'm not really a, um, a big follower of country. Of course, I follow pretty much everything, but, um, but there's something about when you have like excellent musicianship and you know, that guy and his whole organization are just the real deal, man. They're really amazing. Absolutely. They're, yeah. They're the best. I mean, 
for one, they're all incredible musicians. It doesn't matter what style they play. Yeah. And I think that's true. Like when you go to a show of theirs, they may play Bohemian Rhapsody or they might play a Metallica song in addition to their songs. And you, you can just tell that they could play anything. They're just great musicians. And I think, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call them all the way country. They can break a lot of rules and make it pop or, you know, harder rock and things like that. So, um, but the experience was amazing. Um, I went to college with a couple of the guys that are in the band. And so we've kept a friendship going and a relationship. And so uh, I, my wife and I were going to go see them one night. And my friend called me up and he said, hey, by the way, do you have your guitar with you? And I was like, yeah, actually, I do, because we were doing a gig the other night. And uh, he's like, well, all right, you want to play tonight? And I was, okay, sure, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they told me the song, like, around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm backstage, like, with my headphones, just trying to hear the song, listen to it, learn it real quick. It was uh, Keep Me In Mind. And uh, so I'm learning it real quick. Plus, they, they tune their guitars down a half step, which mine isn't down there. So I have to learn it in a different, you know, so they're not really showing me how to play it or anything. I just got to listen and transpose it and stuff. And right. uh, so, but it went out, it went off good. You know, I just was like, I kind of, you get to that moment and you're like, I don't know if I really know the song or if I'm ready, but there's like 20,000 people out there. You can either like go for it or not. And so I just went for it and worked out okay. Well, I'd say, I'd say it did. That was pretty awesome. So that, that's a little bit of a challenge though, throwing that at you, you know, Hey, we're a half step down and like, everything is like, wait a minute. Yeah, you know, exactly. You have to like kind of shift your mind a little bit and then it's so they're in the key of F sharp, you know? And so like, but when they're, when they're playing it, it's G for them. Right. But for me, it's F sharp. And so like, I have to kind of like adjust. That's not a key that, you know, you can, rolls off the fingers as easy as G. So yeah, you're just yeah. trying to, you know, go with it and do the best you can. So yeah, it's like I, um, I'm big on alternate tuning and yeah. uh, these, these, I was playing in this open mic one night and I was testing out some new songs. So um, I did this, uh, this Zeppelin song. I'm trying to remember one of the acoustic songs and I did it in alternate tuning in my own version. And a, and a buddy of mine and his friend came up to play with me. We realized halfway <laughs> through the song, this was not working out because I changed the phrasing and, you know, oh, yeah. it's just like, it was kind of odd, you know, but, uh, yeah. but you got to be daring when you get up there sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. You got to just go for it. I think if, if, if you're timid about it, I think more could go wrong, you know? Yeah. So, and, and I think being in front of like 20,000 people gets your adrenaline pumping a little bit and you just say, all right, let's just do this. You know, it's just like playing in your bedroom, just with a lot of people watching you. So it's true. And I think it's a little easier because you can't really make anybody out. Like if you're in a club playing for like 10 people, which I do way, way too often, then like, right. you know, you can see everybody with their arms crossed and just kind of being like, hmm, what are you doing? But like with 20,000 people, you can't really make out anybody. You just see the sea of people and you're just like, okay, well, it's no different than just, you know, playing in my bedroom. Yeah, that's true. Hey, um, what is what is like your favorite gig to play as far as uh, all the different types of gigs you've done and played in? Yeah. Like what, what do you have a favorite you could share with us that you like the most? Um, well, I mean, that Zach Brown one, I wouldn't call that a gig, but sitting in, that was a really cool one. But also... Um, played at peach fest a couple years ago and that's in pennsylvania that's like the almond brothers festival oh okay and that was a really great experience just because we were around so many great bands and you know just kind of like like some of my idols were playing that night like trey anastasio from fish was there 
and um you know people from mo the band mo and oh right so and and then uh, you know warren haynes is there a bunch of people are there and so it's just kind of like kind of a dream come true to be on the same bill with all those people and i remember a photographer took my picture there and made a collage and i'm i'm in a picture right next to trey from fish and i'm like oh my god that's like my dream come true you know yeah i thought that was really cool that was a really favorite gig i think so how about the most challenging part of being a um a songwriter uh being on the road doing your own thing what's the most challenging part of this for you Uh, that you find that is uh is is a struggle I think especially like right now with so many bands on the internet and so many things happening that like, it's hard to cut through the white noise and people's time is so precious. I think at this point, so if they're going to come out and see you, it's gotta be, you know, you really got to get to them, Yeah. but there's so many bands vying for that attention, you know? So, uh, you know, especially when we go to a new city or something, just breaking in and getting people to know who we are, and wanting to come out to the show you know yeah i think i think you're doing the right thing though by aligning yourselves with um the bands that you're playing for opening for whatever um i i you know do you feel that that that's helping you guys as far as um getting more notoriety and getting more people to 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 like like absolutely and i think there's a validation that comes with that too of like well if they're playing with those guys i'll give them a shot i'll check it out you know yeah whereas if it's just like you know a in their facebook feed or something maybe they'd be like they'd skip over it but if you see like oh i came to see you know uh government mule but i'll I'll give this other band a shot you know yeah because it you know hopefully you think like oh i like that music so if they're there too then i'll listen to that yeah festivals um festivals are right up there with one of your faves you think yeah i just like that because you get the energy of all these bands and just huge crowds and things like that. And everyone's there for the same purpose. You know, it's not like people are just walking down the street and they see a band in a club and they're like, Oh, I'll go check that out. You know, and I didn't mean to go to see some music. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have thousands of people coming for the whole weekend to hear great bands. And then you're with all your other peers that, you know, you admire and look up to. And so it's just a camaraderie thing and an energy thing that, you know, I think it's intangible, but it's really, it's real, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, what's your arsenal like? Are you a big guitar collector or um, or do you ha- or you strip down? Do you, do you, you have like 50 guitars or what? <laughs> I, I used to have more. I, I probably have a, like around 10 to 15. I, if I, I don't know if I've ever counted. My yeah. wife thinks I have a lot. I don't think I have enough. Right. <laughs> so, um, but, um, you know, I have three Stratocasters. I have a Les Paul. I have a hollow body uh, Gibson. That's a. It's rare. It's not. It looks like a three thirty five, but it's called a Les Paul uh, Special. Yeah. I think. They only made that in the seventies. Um, I have. Then I have one too. Les Paul Special. You do. Of nineteen fifty six. Oh wow! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, this one's like a seventy three. I think. Yeah. I like old stuff. Obviously, yeah. I like. I like old guitars. I like. Um, amps i like i have a 72 marshall that i play a lot and then i have a 64 um vox ac30 that i play a lot so i like the old stuff that was made way before i was born yeah it just sounds better i think but um and then i've got you know like i've got an old dan electro from the 50s that was my dad's 
And um, it doesn't play very well because I jumped on it when I was a kid. I was, I was like three. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, like, I don't know what I thought, but I jumped off a bunk bed and like hit and snapped the neck of the guitar. Oh, yeah, I know. So <laughs> so I somehow like later in life just kind of glued the neck back together. Not very well. And um, so I, I put that in dadgad tuning. So it, I don't really need to do much on it because it doesn't play very well. But it's yeah. cool looking yeah. and it sounds cool. You know? Are you are you big on alternate tuning? Do you do you like? Yeah. You know, do, yeah. I mean, I, not all the time. I have one guitar. I have a Stratocaster that's always in E flat because I just think that that sound better sometimes on the Strat. Like it's not even to play songs in E flat. It's just something about the guitar when it's in that half step down. Yeah. Will sound different and sounds cooler to me. Sounds like when you hear Hendrix or something like that or Stevie Ray Vaughan, that's that sound. Yeah. Even if they're up on the neck, it still sounds like different because it's in E flat, you know? Yeah. So I do that. Um, and I have certain songs that I play that on. And then um, I have a couple songs that are in dadgad tuning. And then um, a there's a slide uh, song on the album called uh, The Chains You Wear. And I do, when I play slide, like I don't do like an open tuning, like Derek Trucks or like, or, um, or like a dobro player would. I just drop both E's to D. Okay. And I do like this weird hybrid of, um, one position on the low strings and another position on the high strings, so i can kind of do a little bit of both and it's really the only reason i did that is because i came up with some riffs in that tuning and so i just stuck with it so that's cool so so just your your two e strings you tune to a d down to yeah. a d that's mm -hmm. cool I, I gotta try that I, I love messing around with alternate tuning i, I mean i've written uh you know, so many songs and, and they don't always apply to like, I'll write the, the body of the song in the, the, you know, the, the either dad, gad or open C or something. Yeah. And then, uh, when I get to production, it won't even matter. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> if, if the guitar, if the guitar, the acoustics, not the featured instrument, it's like a, the whole song was born out of that tuning yet. It didn't, right. it doesn't matter. You know, it's like wherever yes. you, wherever you get the inspiration from, who cares yeah. where it comes from? Sometimes you just, you know, cause, and then, cause like when you change the tuning, normal chords that you would play all of a sudden have this magical quality or yeah. you can use all these open strings and it just inspires, like you said, like that'll just inspire a song and it might not end up that way, but at least it was the genesis for, for writing that song, you know? Yeah. Some, uh, some I, I'm assuming this was a young kid put up this post in one of these Facebook guitar groups and I happened to see it and he's like he's asking about bar chords and he's like they're so hard to play what should I do I don't know <laughs> and I wrote I wrote a, a little thing and I said boring use open string you know chords yeah. you know and yeah. but I said if you're unless you're you know an advanced guitar player I said um, I like alternate tuning I like being in a place where I don't know anything and you can kind of create more because right. it's not the same old, same old, you know, but I said, you know, the fundamental approach is you should learn them because you're going to use yeah, them and need absolutely. them, you know, at some point. But, you know, a lot of people like just come up with their own voice doing that. So yeah, I think that's a good thing and I should do it more often, I think, because sometimes you'll come up with stuff that no one's ever come up with, you know, instead of just playing the same stuff that everyone else plays. I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Way of playing. Definitely. And, and another thing that's cool is New Normal. We're going to play that right now.
Chris, that song rocked. That was really cool. I love the tone. I love the song. Two square pegs living in a world that's round. Yeah, exactly. That was awesome, man. And I love the jam out at the end. So on the Les Paul again, that sounded, or was that a Strat? That's a Strat. strat. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. For neck pickup on a Strat, just, you know, sort of like a blues thing. So the the band must be like thrilled that they get to um, participate you know, in this, in this whole thing of we all get to, to let, lay it out there on the line and get to jam. It, it must be a lot of fun for all you guys. Yeah, it is fun. And, and like, you know, we just try to always like come at it with like, let's have fun with it, you know? Yeah. And see what happens. No, no real rules and like, no, like planning about it. Just, you know, have fun. If you hear something someone else is doing and you like it, go with it, you know? Yeah. And so, and I think that's an evolution. You always trying to get better and better at that, you know? Yeah. At everything. And, and how about your, um, your sets? Do you guys have like a couple of different, like, what's your preference? Is it a two hour show? Do you like to do one hour? Like, like, you know, an hour is kind of quick, right? So, yeah, I mean, you know, if it always changes, cause you know, we're an opening act a lot of times. So it's just whatever they'll give us most of the time. So it might be an hour, it might be an hour and 15 ideally what i would love to do most of the time is like two sets each one around an hour hour 15 yeah take a little break do another set i like the i mean that's really coming from the jam band world of two sets you know right and then you can really like we like to change the set list every show 
and do something a little different each time. And that way you can really sculpt the show so that like the first set is kind of like easing people into it. And then the second set, you're really going for it and yeah, going full, full tilt. Right. How is the social media been treating you as far as uh, like what platforms? I know you're on Facebook. Are you an Instagram guy too? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Instagram. Actually, I prefer Instagram, I think. I think that's a lot of fun. I think, you know, pictures at a certain point are or videos are a lot more, uh, you know, um, descriptive than words. You know, you can actually see what they're doing and um, so I like to post pictures. I like to post videos of me falling down most of the time. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, so Instagram for sure. And then but we also share that on Facebook and Twitter. And um, and then we do um, YouTube a lot, too. Yeah. You, you need them all, you know, these yeah, days. You yeah. know, it's like every every platform is helpful yeah. to have, you know. Yeah. It's almost more, you know, I, I feel like that's more of a job than writing the songs and and going out and performing them is like putting it all on social media. That's its own job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of work, but, um, it has its rewards, you know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me, tell us the, the audience about a day in the life for Chris Eves. Like what's a typical day for you or, or are they all untypical? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it does change quite a bit depending on like, if I have, like if we're recording that day or if we're, you know, out of town or whatever, it's always different. But yeah. like if I'm home, um, you know, it's definitely coffee oh, and then, <laughs> and then, um, coffee and feed the cat and then, uh, down to the studio and, um, answer emails and all that stuff first, get that out of the way. And then just demo songs, write songs all day, basically, yeah, you know, make right. videos and write songs and just, uh, practice the instruments and, you know, and I don't practice as much as I used to. It's more like if I'm demoing a song and I'm writing something and I hear something in my head and I go, that'd be cool. And I can't quite do it. Then I'll, then that's what I know I need to practice that day. Right. Yeah. So, but it's, it's pretty much music 24 seven. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. And and the cat is there always, right? What's the cat's name? Because now, especially if I'm typing or answering emails, right. Then the cat gets on the keyboard (laughs) And then I, and then bites me as I try to type. So great assistant. What's his name or her? Uh, her Olive. Olive. Olive's yeah. in the video. She, Olive is on the Dharmic Evolution. First cat I think we've ever had. That's the first cat. This is unprecedented. We're gonna have to like re, you know, rerun this show over and over for a long time. Yeah. Well. Well. She'll be happy. I'll tell her that she's famous now. Yeah, Olive. We we got the Olive branch going. You know. So yeah. So now I think it's time to play the Chris Eves and the New Normal video. Um, right. And this one's called When the Stars Start Falling. Here we go.
Yeah, really, really good video. Hey, um, it's when the stars start falling. And let's start with um, the title. So, sure. so tell us, you know, about the title of this and, and what possessed you to write this one. Okay, so this was, again, like, I, I guess I write about my wife a lot. I knew it was so, going to be. I just which, knew it, man. Which is fine, right? <laughs> um, one of our first dates, we went up on a hill and watched a meteor shower. And so that's what kind of inspired me to write that You song. set the bar really hard for, you know, high for all guys out there, Chris. I mean, are you <laughs> kidding me? This dude takes his first date, what future wife, out to see stars fall out of the sky. He can't, he yep. can't do better than that. Hey. You know, but uh, it's funny too because, like, uh, you know, and I'll be now I'll be like, oh, I wrote another song for you, and she's like, yeah, yeah, you always do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Women do have a way of inspiring a songwriter, though, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I notice on this track, really, um, really awesome uh, piano chops on this too. Yeah, um, that's Mike D'Ambrosio playing uh, keyboards. Yeah, piano and and all the other synths and stuff. Nice, so. Mike. Now, do you um? Uh, do you have um, your other guitar player? Is he a utility guy? Is, does he float around? Um, well, that, that's Jay Locke. And unfortunately, he moved. Oh. And so he's not been playing with us for about, I don't know, seven months now. Yeah. So we've been a four piece. And it's been it's been a weird transition. Like we all love him and we always valued what he brought to the table. And that's you're right he was he made a lot of cool sounds like in that video you can hear him making all these sort of like radiohead type noises and stuff yeah and um he's just he was kind of like the glue that would like you know all these little parts that you kind of you know fill out the sound and make it sound extra cool that was all him so we've had to transition into like how do we fill in the sound a little bit more you know it's cool because we have more space now so everybody can kind of like you know take up a little more real estate but at the same time you're like oh this sounds kind of empty what do i do you know so we've been working on that and i think we're getting to a good place where now everybody feels comfortable with that space yeah that's tough because uh you know you have arrangements that are you know channeled and set up you know when you record the record and you kind of want to replicate that in so many ways but then you have to adapt you know you have to just you know go with what what you can do yeah, and but, our keyboard player, Mike, he's the one that's kind of taken the burden of that the most. Like, now it's more like, okay, instead of just playing one thing, like your left hand has to be over here doing one thing, your right hand over here, and he's done great with it. Yeah. Well, that was the other th- point I wanted to make is sometimes that fuels this creativity that says, oh, wait a minute, for the next song we record, we, we did this and pulled this off, and this was kind of cool, you know, how we yeah. were able to manage this. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. especially like things will happen live and you'll go, oh, you know, I hope we recorded that because we want to take that into the studio or something and right. have some inspiration that way. What did you do there? You know? Yeah. Tell us about the road. Biggest challenge on the road. Is it the food? Is it the food. sleep? Is <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, that's the one. I, I mean, it's tough. I try to eat good, but I, I love fast food. and It's yeah. always available. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big Taco Bell fan. So that's the that's the biggest problem is is, you know, staying away from Taco Bell. I mean, yeah. it's not bad, but, you know, like trying to find like a salad on the road is tough. It, it is really hard. I mean, I just did a trip where I went all the way down. Uh, I did it by car, and I wanted to see some friends, so I went from Jersey all the way 
down to the sea, tip of Florida and work my way all the way back up to Nashville and all the states. Yeah. And, and I could not find good food on the road. It was like, yeah. and I'm a, I'm, I eat a really healthy. Yeah. And uh, I remember going into one of these, you know, they're all like quick check gas station type of, you know, fast food things. And I, I just go through the place and I look around and go, is there one thing? thing in this place that is not loaded with salt or sugar absolutely and i think that's true you know like every grocery store like 90 percent of it you can't eat you know yeah if you want to stay healthy like it's just incredible like that you know how how the the deck is stacked against you especially on the road for food you know yeah and then you get into the trap of like well there's nothing else so i guess i'm gonna eat this you know and then you know it just kind of set you up for like you know, not a good day. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, yeah, I pack as much food as I can, like that I can yeah. take, but you know, that's only good for a couple of days, you know, right. but uh, somebody oh. is going to make a killing when they uh, franchise, you know, the healthy shop or whatever is going to come up, you know? Yeah. You, so. you know, and sometimes, you know, uh, um, I used to tour with uh, this guy, Tony Markellis, who plays in the Trey Anastasio band. Okay. And he was, he's, he's amazing. I mean, he's a great musician and a great friend. But he also knows where all the good food places are. So we'll be in the middle of nowhere and he'll be like, oh, they have really good sandwiches here at this place. And you're like, how do you know that? But he's just been on the road for so long. He knows where, like, so you don't have to stop at, like, a Burger King. He knows where, like, the good food is. You yeah, know? yeah. I, I have a similar story. When I was a very young man, I was with contractor and I was out as a helper. And this guy, he knew where every best go-go bar in New Jersey was for lunch. <laughs> And I'm, you're kidding. You, we're going to go there for lunch? <laughs> this guy, no matter where we were in the state, oh, I know where one is, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but those guys are so valuable. I know. like now when we tour, like, I don't know where any of that stuff is. And sometimes I'll, you know, I feel like calling them and being like, hey, we're in, you know, Boise, Idaho. Where should we go? <laughs> right, know? right. That's a good card to pull in, though. I mean, you need oh, that yeah. good, healthy food. Yeah. So, hey, listen, this this went uh, really, really fast and unbelievable. Uh, I'm just so happy about what you're doing with your career, Chris. Oh, and um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's really, really great. So just in parting, can you give us like a snapshot of like, you know, the rest of this year, 2019? Like Absolutely. what are, what are the, the milestones you hope to achieve or, um, you know, really fun things coming up that you're excited about? And yeah. Also, where do we go to support, purchase the music of Chris Eves? Um, So the things coming up that I'm excited about is we have a whole bunch of new songs and we're making an album right now. I'm actually going into the studio tomorrow to uh, do some vocals on a couple songs. So we have probably, I would say like 10 or 12 songs, you know, that are being recorded right now. And we might do a few more and then kind of pick and choose what we like and put out a record. Probably, we'll probably start putting singles out real soon. And then maybe like end of spring. And then probably the record will come out in the fall, like September. Awesome. So we're really excited about that. Um, we've got some cool festivals coming up that we're really excited about. We have one called Strawberry Jam. There's one coming up called Flannel Fest. And I think we'll be doing a, quite a few more. We'll be announcing some more. Um, so I just love music in the summer, traveling and, you know, the good weather and playing outside. I love it. So um, those are the things I'm really looking forward to. And uh, the, I think the record's going to be great. It's very, um, it's very song oriented. Whereas the, the the first one was kind of a little bit over all over the map, like some jam stuff, some song stuff. This is really kind of like I would say it's it's an economy 
of songwriting where it's just really the songs and then live i'm excited to see where they take off from yeah and uh you, it's so nice to um you know being in Sur syracuse you're you're used to some heavy weather right in the winter oh, it's, it's finally <laughs> starting actually we got a bunch of rain to get through in the next week and then hopefully some sunshine yeah someone said that like I think you only get like 30 days of actual sunny days in Syracuse. So yeah. like we treasure them. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for some nice weather. Yeah. Make sure you tour in the South in the winter and, yep. and <laughs> exactly and North in the South. Get out of the winter. I, I don't like winter. Yeah. So. Yeah. I hear you. Hey, uh, this was awesome. So, Hey, best place for people to go and support you, your website, uh, you know, best place would probably be, uh, iTunes to stream our music. We're okay. on Spotify, so any of those, Spotify, iTunes, anything where you can stream, you know, the album, that really helps us. Just um, And then just word of mouth, tell your friends, tell them to check out our Instagram or our Facebook and follow us, and uh, that would really help us out a ton. Excellent. Chris Eves and The New Normal, thank you so much for being a part of the Dharmic Evolution. I had a great time chatting with you today and just want to wish you all the best and God's blessings on your music. Thanks so much. Thank you for having us green and blue walking on a wire new normal and the video when the stars fall what a day we had today on the dharmic evolution yeah we talked about challenging things in a music career life on the road peach fest taco bell tony markellis he's the food guide of the united states alternate tuning old guitars and amps I think that's where Chris's awesome guitar tone comes from. Not to forget Olive the Cat and Jessica's Eyes. It all happens here on the Dharmic Evolution. Thanks so much for being here today. And uh, don't forget to support Chris Eves and the New Normal. And uh, if you haven't quite yet made it over to the Facebook community page, get over there. Dharmic Evolution has their own Facebook community page. We encourage artists all over the world post your content on there let us know what you're doing are you gigging somewhere got a new album new single a new video maybe a photo shoot or if you just want to stop by and support another artist we love having you guys stop by that's what it's all about that's it for me today that's a wrap i'm your host for the dharmic evolution james kevin o'connor singer songwriter audio video artist master storyteller and international talent agent so until the next time when we meet again I'll either see on the socials or I'll see from the stage. <laughs>